Ghosts are my business, and that's especially true at Halloween, even though I, like most of you, am just as fascinated with hauntings, supernatural, true crime, and horror all year round. But you know, there's something special about the Halloween season. When the days start getting shorter, the nights longer, the air just a little chillier, and the veil between the two worlds starts to get a little thinner. This year to celebrate what may be just the scariest Halloween we've ever seen, and not because of the ghosts, we're offering a number of bonus episodes for the American Hauntings podcast that just didn't quite fit into the regular Haunted Hollywood season. In this episode, we'll take a look at a haunting that is connected to one of the most famous Western stars of all time. And while John Wayne may have sailed off into the sunset many years ago, he apparently missed his private yacht after he departed. But death didn't stop him from coming aboard for a long time after his death, just to make sure things were ship-shape. I hope you enjoy this Hollywood mystery. John Wayne had always loved the sea. Some say that he became an actor by default when his hoped-for career in the Navy didn't work out. This might explain his attachment to the Wild Goose, his private yacht, which he used to escape from the pressures of his Hollywood career. He was born Marion Morrison in Winterset, Iowa, but his family moved to California when he was a boy. While living in Glendale, he received his lifelong nickname. His dog, an Airedale Terrier named Duke, often walked with him by the local fire station, and one of the firemen started calling the boy Little Duke. He liked the sound of it, and years later, when he received his first screen credit in a movie, he used the name Duke Morrison. Well, Marion played football for both his junior and senior high schools in Glendale, and after graduating in 1925, he applied to the U.S. Naval Academy, but he was turned down. With his dream of the Navy on hold, he applied to the University of Southern California. He received a football scholarship from USC, but spent the summer working in the prop department at Fox. He got the job thanks to Cowboy star Tom Mix, and thanks to the USC football game tickets that the young man often gave to the actor. It was at this time that Marion met a man who would have a great impact on his career, Wyatt Earp. Earp was a good friend of Tom Mix, who gave Wyatt a job as a consultant for a number of silent westerns being made at the time. The quiet former lawman made such an impact on Marion that he later credited his walk, talk, and on-screen persona to Wyatt Earp. He once told an interviewer, quote, Earp was the man who'd actually done the things in his life that I was trying to do in a movie. I imitated his walk, I imitated his talk. But it was not Marion's initial stint at the studio that started his acting career. It was an injury. While body surfing in 1928, he injured his left shoulder, making it impossible for him to continue playing for USC. He lost his scholarship, had to leave the university, and went back to the studio for work. There, he became friends with director John Ford, who began using him for small parts in his movies, while the young man looked for more substantial roles. His first big part came in a 1930 Western called The Big Trail. The director, Raoul Walsh, wanted to change Marion's stage name to Anthony Wayne after the famous Revolutionary War hero. The head of Fox, Winfield Sheehan, though, wasn't thrilled with the choice. So in the next movie, Walsh suggested John Wayne. The actor, like most contract players whose names were changed by the studios, had absolutely no part in the decision. But John Wayne, he became. Wayne made a string of mostly forgettable westerns through the 1930s, but with each one, he became more recognizable and his fan base continued to grow. Finally, he got the lead in the John Ford film Stagecoach, and his portrayal of the Ringo Kid made him a star. 
Over time, Wayne and Ford made 20 films together, including Ford Apache, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, and Rio Grande. By the 1960s, John Wayne was one of the most famous movie stars in the world. The money that he'd made over the course of several decades in show business allowed him to indulge his love for the sea. He bought a large harbor front home in Newport Beach with its own dock and then bought a yacht to go with it. The vessel was a 136 foot long former Canadian Navy minesweeper and he bought it from his friend Seattle lumber baron Max Wyman for $110,000. The boat had seen service during World War II was solid fast and just what Wayne was looking for. He reconditioned the boat and turned it into a true luxury yacht. When he was finished, the newly named Wild Goose had three decks, five staterooms to accommodate 12 guests, plus crew quarters for six. He had a massive kitchen, and to make sure that the chef never ran out of New York strips, which was Wayne's favorite cut of steak, he had a walk-in freezer installed. The top deck had a helicopter pad. The center deck had a wood-burning fireplace, and Wayne had a professional poker table installed in the salon for private parties. There was also a library, children's rooms, and a large master suite. He liked to have his friends on board, especially Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and Bob Hope. But at heart, he was a private man who loved the chance to get away for carefree days with just his family. Wayne was married three times in his life. He had four children with his first wife, Josephine Sands. His second wife was Esperanza Bauer, but it was his third wife, Pilar Paulette, and their three children who spent the most time on the yacht. By the time that Wayne bought the Wild Goose, he had already had his first brush with death. After smoking five packs of cigarettes a day for years, he was diagnosed with lung cancer in 1964. A large tumor was removed along with his left lung, and he became a hero to cancer patients when he went public with the news late that year. Against the odds, he remained cancer-free for the next 12 years. It was after his battle with lung cancer that Wayne and his family moved to Newport Beach. Given what he saw as a second chance, he spent as much time as he could on his boat, simply enjoying life. He frequently sailed out to Catalina Island and then took the wild goose to Alaska in the summer and down the Mexican coast in the winter. He was also still making movies and remained a living legend to film fans. His last movie, The Shootist, came out in 1976. In it, he played a gunfighter dying of cancer, a subject that would serve as a premonition for Wayne's own life. By the time he made The Shootist, Wayne wasn't spending much time on board the Wild Goose. His children had grown up and moved away. He and Pilar had separated in 1973, although they never divorced, and his health was failing. He suffered a stroke in 1974 and had surgery for an enlarged prostate two years later. In April 1978, he had open-heart surgery for a faulty valve, and then in 1979 was operated on for stomach cancer. His last public appearance was on April 9, 1979, when he presented the Academy Award for Best Picture to the Deer Hunter. Two weeks before he died, John Wayne was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal, the highest civilian honor that lawmakers can give. It was inscribed with only three words, John Wayne, American. His family was given the medal in a posthumous ceremony the following March. Three months later, President Carter awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom.
With his health failing and knowing for certain he didn't have much longer to live, he set about personally finding a new owner for the wild goose. He wanted to be sure that whoever had it next would treasure it as much as he did. He found that person in Lynn Hutchins, an attorney from Santa Monica. Wayne's last trip on the wild goose was to Catalina Island in April 1979. Just two months later, he was gone. He died from complications from cancer on June 11th. Rumors almost immediately began to surface that the yacht was haunted. Those rumors turned into verified accounts in newspaper stories as Lynn Hutchins began to claim that he heard heavy footsteps walking on the deck overhead when no one else was on board. He also heard beer mugs rattling against each other in the bar and experienced an icy cold spot on John Wayne's favorite couch. But Hutchins wasn't completely convinced of anything supernatural until he saw the apparition of John Wayne himself. He saw him the first time in August 1979, around 4 a.m., outside the bathroom that was next to Wayne's master bedroom. He recognized him immediately, looking just as he had in life, right down to the cowboy hat that he was wearing. That first sighting wasn't the last, though, because soon the ghost began appearing at any time, night or day, in the stateroom, on deck, near the poker table, all over the boat. Hutchins' wife also confessed to once seeing the Phantom standing in a doorway as she stepped out of the shower. He quickly disappeared, as if embarrassed by his own intrusion. The ghost also frequently appeared in the mirror behind the bar in the main room. Usually the appearance was preceded or at least accompanied by the tinkling of glassware on the back bar. This sound was always a sign that Wayne's spirit was somewhere around. Hutchins eventually sold the yacht to the Wild Goose Yacht Corporation, which enclosed the top deck so that it could be used for large parties. Eventually, it became part of the Hornblower Cruises Company, which offered event cruises for weddings, events, and business getaways in cities up and down the California coast. But the sale didn't happen until Hutchins had one last experience on the boat. In 1980, while sailing through Newport Harbor, the yacht's engines unexpectedly cut out. Adrift with no working navigation equipment and in tight quarters in the harbor, the boat was in serious trouble. But then, to the amazement of the crew, the wild goose began to move on its own, against the wind and the current, until it beached itself on shore. And where did it end up? Directly in front of John Wayne's former mansion. Lynn Hutchins never had any doubt that Wayne was still around watching over his beloved yacht, and those who continue to sail on her today don't doubt it either. He's still there, they say, making occasional appearances and making sure that everyone on board the Wild Goose knows who the captain of the ship really is. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode from the American Hauntings podcast for the Halloween season of 2020, the scariest year ever. It was edited and produced by Cody Beck and written and performed by Troy Taylor. Yes, that's me. Have a happy and very haunted Halloween season.